1: and welcome to another edition of the lucha central weekly podcast this is the podcast that lets you know all that's happening in the world of lucha libre each week our team discusses news and events from this week this past week as well as preview the week ahead covering mexico-based promotions and top independents along with luchador related news from throughout the united states The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, PodBay, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Speaker, and more. And of course, it's also distributed through our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales and I am one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast and let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda?
1: I am doing well. I'm doing well. I don't know if you can tell, but my face is no longer puffy. So yeah, uh, yes, yeah that thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I only the more Kylie pal
2: though. You, yes. you had the Kardashian lips.
1: I did it was kind of cool for a day.
3: Oh, oh I'm showing my. Age. <laughs> you said Kylie and I was like thinking of an Australian woman. So <laughs> <laughs> uh. Kylie Minogue
1: also very gorgeous. Yeah. I, yes, yes. Also, expensive.
2: and very full lips on her yeah okay. back in the locomotion days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and the third member of this trio is who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr.
3: That's who? That's me. Hi.
1: So I know. <laughs> I, I just joked because I had somewhat of an allergic reaction to something earlier this week and as we were doing our planning meeting, I, you know, showed my face to the guys. And, uh, especially made fun of, of Dusty making fun of my face, which was not <laughs> completely swollen, only my, my lips were. Um It wasn't and, even
2: like making fun, it was genuine concern, <laughs> like I was. I mean, and when you mean, it, it was the the way your eyes swelled underneath, like that's something they show you to look for, an anaphylactic reaction. And so I was like, ooh, Miranda's having an anaphylactic reaction. That's not good.
1: And I was like, <laughs> no, that is just my face, Dustin. Thank you very much.
3: And in fairness, you brought it up first. We were all being quiet. Well,
1: of course, because you I guys like, are gentlemen and you're not going to say anything <laughs> about my face. I appreciate that. I just wanted to clear the air, you know, make sure we address the elephant in the room. That's that's what we do here on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, usually regarding Lucha Libre, but sometime also about people's faces. Uh so do not worry, we have you covered. Of course we are here again. Uh, giving you the latest in the world of Lucha Libre. We got a lot to cover on this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Uh, a little slightly different format, but still uh, a great episode in which we got to speak with Martin Carrillo uh, with Wrestling with Unicorns. Uh We also talked about the up to date latest news at the time uh of last week, but we are back to our regular format this week. We have so much to cover. Uh And as you'll hear in just a little bit, a lot has happened. But we are going to kick off this week's episode as we do with every week. And that is with the road back to shows with Brendan.
3: All right. So, uh, we we're going to just, I'm just going to jump in right right here. Uh, we worked, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about releases between ROH and WWE, uh, you know, like lots of talent was going to be there. And I said, in my opinion, the AAA was the one that was going to stand to immediately benefit. And it's like the news world heard me because they went, then the story started kicking around that AAA was interested in hiring a bunch of those wrestlers, including, uh, Carrion Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux, uh uh Yeah. Uh well, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna save my favorite cro Oh, Taya as well. I'm oh, yeah. yes. I know.
2: Taya. Feels it's, so good to I mean, say Taya again. I've already forgotten who Frankie is. Right,
1: was. can we, okay, can we just acknowledge, like, we tried, we really did put our best foot forward. Yeah, we, were nice, forward.
2: we yeah.
3: were nice about it. We were nice about it.
1: But damn, does it feel so good to say Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah oh yeah.
3: Just suits her. I, I wasn't nice about it. I made no bones <laughs> about it but we made the first announcement that I hated the name. I thought it was a terrible idea. It kind of showed that undervaluing of her. And I feel like, uh, it, the the way that she was treated kind of bore out what I my initial impression was. So I don't feel bad, no regrets on that that assessment at no all. <laughs> um, and then uh, they also mentioned Grand East, so I get my my favorite one on this this little shopping list too. But all of this is is mostly rumor. They they can't obviously AAA is not going to confirm anything until they can make a big press announcement out of it. Um, as most of you know. We're usually talking, we start off the show talking about the state of fans being allowed in shows in Mexico. That's a big part of what's holding a lot of this back. They can't just go at, at, uh, signing a lot of people with an open checkbook mentality if they're only going to be allowed 30 to 50% attendance at, at live shows. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the fact that that was on the rumor list that those particular names and, and possibly a few more were being looked at, like, it's good news for, for Lucha fans. Uh, also on AAA news, uh, many of you may have noticed that, the, the, uh, sure Dusty has because he's been watching it. AAA has been featuring, uh, Toxin a, a lot more lately. And I've been curious about that because Toxin has been working with Chaos and IWRG and AAA posted a tweet that they were implying that they sort of had a talent exchange, I guess, with Toxin being let out of his IWRG contract to be in AAA and then Tri- Toxin. Also, it's, this is all being very vague, book. Bo- so uh, Toxin kind of backed that up on a Facebook post. As, uh according to, according to Lucha blog who follows the, everybody a little closer. I don't follow all the social media. that close, but uh I just thought that was interesting because I had noticed, uh, uh, on a recent broadcast that they were using Toxin again. And, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of that because he's the, he's kind of the guy that fits a nice spot with those, the younger high flyers where he can fly with them and, and kind of throw them around. Uh, so more on, uh, on, on, R.O.H. and other wrestlers there. We're going to have uh we have we've have Gali announcing a couple of of big big events, including uh, the day after ROH's final battle, which uh is is going to be that's December eleventh. So December twelfth they're going to have a show and on the poster right now they have Bandito, Flamita, Rey Orus uh members of La Impresa, Mr. Iguana Aramis, Arrowboy, and Roxy all over the poster. So, I mean, the indie world has already taken advantage of all of these releases. I feel like the story this week is less about, uh, about any sort of lockdown thing and more about, uh, freedom. All of these free wrestlers are now being announced for, for shows. They also have a show on December 21st, which has, uh, the poster has Ricky Marvin. Erick Ram- Ramirez Jr. and Gino Medina. So keep an eye on Galley. Those of you who listened to last week, uh, we talked a lot about Galley's uh, presence and and lucha lucha events, and uh, you know, wrestling with unicorns is going to be at, in some form at both of those events. So that uh, there will be coverage one way or another that we can bring to you. Um. A year ago, we were, I was, uh, debating whether we should have, I should, should have, uh, the YouTube app for, for the Tourneo Supreme or the, uh, they, they were working with an app this year. They're just going to have Tourneo Supreme on the Maslucci channel for the, for members only. So, spend four dollars. You will be able to see the new Tourneo Supreme. They're going to have, uh, a few, they've been announced a few matches in the opening round already, which, with the new sexy star, not the uh, uh, Dolce, but uh, Sexy Star Two is how uh, I have it listed here. Against uh, Artemis, uh, Susie Love against Estralita, Cynthia Moreno versus Black Widow. Uh, that's not a Marvel crossover. That's that's just just a, a wrestler name. And Kayra versus uh, Cheek Torment. So. Some good stuff shaping up out of that. Last year's event was really good and a lot of fun, and certainly a way uh, I killed a lot of time when I had a lot more time. Um, we were talking about Taya earlier. They did Prestige Wrestling. They announced they're going to be adding her to their L.A. show February 27th. Uh Prestige, for those of you who don't know, is a West Coast-based yeah. Super Indie promotion, and uh, this is probably the first of many Lucha talent announcements that they're going to add, because Lucha seems to be kind of a, a hot topic right now in the Indies, so I'm excited to see that. And uh, she's going to pres-
2: wrestle Viva Van!
3: And she's going to wrestle <laughs> Viva Van, that's <laughs> true. I, yeah, I, that's I, like I uh ups.
1: So excited. I have not seen this. This is breaking news to me.
2: (laughs) I think Uh, I shared it in the in in the chat. You'll have to go back and look. Yeah. (laughs) I I was like, oh man, that's Sophie's choice. Like, how do you pick? Like, I can't choose between Diva Van and Taya. I'm glad somebody else has to choose. Uh, Oh Oh, man.
4: That that is the money match.
2: It's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and they both be. look like a million dollars in the shot. Yes. Like it is so yeah. cool. Yeah. This oh yes. Match of the so, night. hmm Pro- I guarantee. guarantee
3: yeah. yeah. You just kinda kicked right right to that one. I was <laughs> Yeah. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all good. I feel bad now.
1: No wonder. <laughs> I sense the hesitation in Brendan's voice, and I'm like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Wait, am I the only one that
3: knew this?" <laughs> <laughs> I, <sorry. laughs>
1: it, it
3: hadn't processed in my brain yet because that was two two dots down in my notes. So you just jumped ahead, threw everything off. All good. Talk
1: about Christmas morning. Jesse has no patience. Yeah. He just <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame them,
2: I'm very but, excited
1: for this match. No, like, I, I, legitimately, so excited. Yes. No. Well, I mean, I think it, it's. <laughs> I mean, we talked about some when we interviewed Viva Van uh, earlier this year about some of the people on her list, and you know, Viva, her her big mentality is she gets ready for anything. You never know who you're going to wrestle and what's going to happen. So I'm sure when this came about, she you know, was probably just as surprised and excited about it as you are dusty. So <laughs> huge congratulations to Viva van yeah. for this opportunity because it's, you know, I mean, it, it, i really feel like Viva van has, you know, really held up, you know, Lucha within the West coast. And so to be going up against, you know, La Huerta Loca herself is like, yep, gosh,
3: well-earned, really yes. well-earned. Uh, so super excited to to see that happen. Uh, I have no idea. Just, there's too much wrestling happening out of state in, <laughs> at this point. I don't know how I'm going to see it
2: all. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's no way I could go to that match with everything else going on that weekend. But like, yeah. oh man, wish I could. Like, right. So cool. I, I, uh, I
3: do have some, some friends that will probably be at that show, so we should get, be able to get results for you. Yeah, that'd be but, awesome. Uh, but that may be the best I can do. Speaking of being at events, uh, Miranda, you had a couple of shows you wanted to talk about, so I'm just gonna kick straight over to you.
1: Yes, out here in Arizona, I wanted to promote an upcoming show by Por Promotions, that's P-O-R, Promotions Lucha Libre, being held on Sunday, December 5th at Salon 602. We are going to have some big Lucha Libre names in attendance, wrestling. Uh, We are going to uh, have the return of the Lucha Homies who were just here Recently, um, uh, at this past show, they're going to be teaming up with friend of Dusty and also acquaintance of the show, uh, Mr. Iguana. <laughs> so, uh, that match is being set up, uh, a trios match with Mr. Iguana and the Lucha Homies versus Skybird, El Dragón and eagle de Impostor. Also scheduled for the show, uh... Pagano and Damian six six six. They're going to be teaming up with Aerial and Brendan's favorite Psycho Clown. Oh! (laughs) You got me excited
3: for a second, then you said Psycho Clown.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. He is your favorite.
3: Knock it down.
1: Yes, favorite to hate on. You didn't let me finish. Whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh so some some very big names. I do believe this may be the first time uh Mr. Iguana ends up in Arizona. So I am very hopeful uh for his arrival here, very excited. Yeah. Uh hopefully he gets a warm reception here. Uh, I know the Lucha homies did at the last show and I hope uh Yeska enjoys I mean, think about it. She she needs to be in warm weather at this time and <laughs> this is a perfect environment for her. Oh yeah. Uh, during this holiday season, um, and Padano, Damian 666, and Psycho Clown, all you know, on the show together as well. That's going to be huge uh, for this show. So I just wanted to plug that in for those who are in Arizona, near Arizona, um, and want to see these big Lucha Libre stars in action. You can at Board Promotions on Sunday no i'm sorry sunday december 5th um at salon 602 you can follow board promotions on social media tickets are currently available um they do have first second and third row they have general admission they also have a meet and greet it is not confirmed who is there going to be there for the meet and greet yet but there will be a meet and greet um between uh three and four o'clock, and then the show starts at five so uh I will be there. I am very excited uh to be there uh to co announce for that event and I will definitely continue to bring you more information as it happens and of course report back on it as soon as the event happens
3: i i, I- have a i have a a secret joke joke uh line on the the meet and greet it's gonna be Yeska only and it's going to be by invite only so yeah yeah
1: you know. no there's going to be a special <laughs> yeah. velvet well, rope around <laughs> Yeska who, yeah yeah she doesn't she's got
2: rub elbows with peasants
1: yeah no 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 <laughs> this is a very this she's, she's a fancy uh, iguana, and so that yeah it's going to be very exclusive vip with Fergasca uh I also wanted to take the opportunity, of course, to plug uh, the upcoming Mass Republic-sponsored Lucha Libre Mexicana happening on a Saturday, December 11th um, in Cathedral City at the Agua Caliente Casino. Uh, again, we mentioned that just a few weeks ago, but we wanted to plug it again. Tickets are still available for a low $10, and you get $5 credit for the casino. So you could literally make bank by going to the show. Uh as far as who is scheduled to appear, we have Felino and Felino Jr., the team of La Ribellion, BCS 666 and Makeowf, uh Cicosis making his return, Diosa Quetzal, Super Astro Jr. and more. So if you are near Cathedral City, California, or if you want to make the drive up there, Saturday, December eleventh, mass republic sponsored lucha libre mexicana 7 p.m we'll plug it in a few more times uh before the show uh occurs and i will also be there as well so i will be bringing back uh results uh once that event happens but you know Wrestling happening everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. When we think about where we were a year ago and this segment and, and yeah. you know, where independent promotions were struggling, seeing everyone grow and flourish and shows returning has been a beautiful thing to see this year. Um, so just, it's, it's been very exciting for us as you can tell on this show. And with what Brendan had mentioned as well, with all of these talents being released, who knows, who you're going to see at your next independent wrestling show. So please make sure to support independent wrestling promotions near you.
3: I do want to support with the, the uh, Agua Caliente show Ruben, who is also with mass Republic has said repeatedly, he's expecting this to sell out. So if you're thinking about getting your tickets, yeah. Yeah. If you're thinking about getting your tickets, get them sooner rather than later. And then, um, you mentioned Diosa Quetzal on the show. She's rumbling about retirement. So any of you who want this chance to see her, it's rare to get her in the States anyway. This may be the last chance. So I'm going to, you know, it's getting me excited. I'm going to try and figure out how to get there. That's that's a weird location for me to get to from Washington.
1: It is a but. bit of the desert. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's right outside of Palm Springs. Uh, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with the area.
3: And then I was going to end <laughs> – yeah. like like Dusty. Dusty, yeah. you are our target demographic for this. Yeah. Now I have a better idea of where it's at. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: You're welcome. We always educate here on the Lucha Libre weekly podcast.
3: We try. We do try. Uh And then uh the, the last thing I have for Indie Roundup is we are going to have Pro Wrestling Revolution in Santa Rosa this weekend uh he's we've had the build going on unfortunately i was not i'm not going to be able to make it to this one so i won't get to see psycho clown getting destroyed by somebody but you know these are sacrifices i have to make uh (laughs) but we will i will be working hard to get you results from that i did want to mention that this is your your chance if you are in the California area to go see, uh, an authentic Lucha Libre show from, from a pretty celebrated promotion that we, we have talked to many times here on the show. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a pretty awesome card. Papa Esco is going to be defending the P, uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution open weight title, uh, against El Galevan. Uh, as you, we saw last time, uh, Papa Esco won this title in pretty dominant fashion. And so this mm-hmm. is his first title defense and, uh, you know, he's not going down without a fight. Of course we have La Migra versus Psycho Clown, uh, and then the team of Bestia 666 versus, uh, the Border Patrol, um, or BCS 666 in psychosis versus the border patrol. So a really stacked card. And that's just some of the, the matches announced. There's a great trios match. El Cucuy, Diablo Azteca, and Vaquero Fantasma versus El Misterioso, Viento, and Aerostar. So, uh, I mean, and Ultimo Panda in a special attraction match versus Friar Roman.
3: I mean, there. if you're in into wrestling pandas, I guess that's okay. But, you know.
1: A panda and a fryer <laughs> walk into a wrestling ring.
3: Yeah. I just, after we interviewed uh, his so-called Benny. best friend, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm i just not an Ultimate Panda Mark anymore. I, you know, Vinny just buried him. He kept saying that Ultimate Panda's a dick, and I just can't get that out of my head. So, yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, that's one of our early interviews. Uh,
1: yeah, you should go back into the archives. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and check that uh, out.
3: Yeah, it's a fun interview, but it does start off with Ultimo Panda as a dick. So if you don't want to know the d- dark truth about Ultimo Panda, you may want to skip the first half of this interview. But that was uh, my road back to shows. I'm gonna jump right into real quick. I have only a couple things for the indie roundup. Uh, this is again. Me making some choices because IWRG and a couple other promotions are running pretty heavy with a lot of uh, newsworthy events. So even when I normally kick to you guys and say, send me your results and whatnot, if you want more results than what I'm giving, uh you're like, you know, no, Brendan, I need to hear about all of these IWRG events or I need to hear about... uh uh galley or anything else that that uh I might have forgotten because there's a lot of indie events going on. Also let me know about that what you want to hear in this segment. Um we had uh we had an event uh for IWRG on the sixteenth in Arena Nalcapan. Uh it was originally billed as, this is why I thought this one was news newsworthy. It was originally billed as IWRG versus Big Lucha. I believe I talked about the build up on that on the previous week of Road to Shows. Big Lucha didn't show up. Um I don't know what happened. Lucha Blog doesn't know what happened. Uh I you know, maybe maybe they they just uh, all forgot what day it was. I don't know. But it was all IWRG stars. So instead of having the the big crossover stuff, you had a pretty standard Hard, although it was on a Tuesday, which is a little unique for IWRG. Uh, so in the, the semi-main event, you had Corsario Negro Jr. and Draco against Amnesia and Big Mike. Corsario Negro Jr. and Draco came out on top on that. Then in the main, you had Aster Boy, Fly Warrior, Hellboy against Flystar, Sick Boy, and a Voodoo Max. And, and the Astro Boy, Fly Warrior, and Hellboy team came out on top on that. It looks like it was still a pretty decent card. Uh, IWRG tends to put all their stuff up on YouTube. Uh, so if you want to check it out, it will be up there soon if it's not there already by the time you're hearing this. And then, uh, just a quick shout out. We added the second show up here in the Northwest to SOS Pro Wrestling. This is a return to kind of the weird wrestling style that the West Coast has that uh uh you probably have seen in various promotions like uh 321 Battle when they were around or um uh, and I always forget the actual working name of the there was a a group in in Oakland that does a lot of weirder wrestling they so they only had Sonico on the show and he did Sonico like things, so I did want to give them a shout out. But uh, those of you looking for more authentic lucha, it's probably SOS is probably going to be a little while before we get there. Although their concept is everyone's lost on an island, so I'm expecting a luchador that does that speaks no English to be a gimmick at some point. Um, but that was my indie roundup. Just a couple of, of shows again. You know, tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you don't want to hear. Send me your results. Send me pictures of yourself with your favorite Richard Orr. I want all of this stuff.
1: Thank you, Brendan, for both the Road Back to Shows and the Indie Roundup. We will give our info at the end of the show if you want to reach out to us. If you're an independent wrestling fan, promotion, a wrestler, Uh, Anyone involved in independent wrestling And wants to uh, share with us Some Lucha Libre content You are more than welcome to do so uh, By reaching out to us But with that you know it's time to kick it off To Denise Alcedo who brings us This week's Lucha Central Central Thank you Denise Alcedo Bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central Letting you know what's happening Throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network Up next a very big week in AAA. If, man, I can't – you just have to be living under a rock if you don't know what happened uh, with, with AAA and their announcement. So, Dusty, get us up to date what's happening.
2: Yeah, we had the announcements for TripleMania Regia. And if you don't recall, TripleMania Regia will be held December the 4th – that's Saturday – at Estadio de Baseball Monterey in Monterey, Mexico. And they announced all the matches on the card. First up we have Flamer, La Hidre, and Marvia versus Fabi Apache, Lady Shawnee, and Sexy Star. Sexy Star 2. This is as Brendan mentioned, this is the newer one, not the the previous Sexy Star that was on Lucha Underground. Our second match is the Marvel Lucha Libre match, Gran Mazo and Leyenda Maricana, which are Thor and Captain America versus Ingianoso and Venenoiday which is Loki and Venom from Spider-Man or yeah uh match number 3 as a trios three way we see Poder del Norte, the Carta Brava Jr, Mokakota Jr and Tito Santana facing the Vipers team of Abismo Negro Jr, Ares and Psychosis 2 against the Nuevo Generación Dinamita team of Quatrero, Forastero, and Sansone. Our d- fourth d-
3: match... Sorry, I just want to cut in. You did mention that it is Psychosis 2, but I want to slow down and, and talk to people about that for a second.
2: Uh, yeah, this absolutely. Is,
3: this is not the, the ECW legend. This is a, it, another one of those instances where AAA owns the name of Psychosis. Uh, he also worked as Ripper for a while so for the to set kind of your expectations just uh we've been i've been called out a couple times by by people for us kind of glazing over things that they don't know (laughs) as well as we do because we sometimes
2: forget these things we (laughs) know that yeah there was a story between him and conan at one time too you know uh psychologist too uh, a very different guy. Uh, the original Psychosis is now known as Nicho El Millonario, and uh, yeah, he's not, for, the, not the Psychosis we know and love.
3: Except for here in the United States, we still bill him as Psychosis.
2: So, like, yeah, usually uh,
3: <laughs> when he's when he's been at Mass <laughs> Republic shows, he's been Psychosis. So this is why I, I was anticipating a little yeah. more attention on this one. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, do do keep going no. on. I to...
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, uh, the number four match on the card, we get to see the Lee brothers, Dragon Lee and Listico, and they will yes. face Laredo Kid and L- Luchador Supresa. So we could see Ooh. one of those, you know, releases Brendan talked about. That's going to be one of our strongest chances, and I mean that's going to yep. be a hot tag match too, because just the three names we know already. It, that's going to be Incredible. They,
3: they could throw in that that guy in the front row and it would still be a good match.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really would. The I think that one could be like we all know what the match of the show is gonna be. I'll get to it. But the match of the night, but I think that one could be a real surprise, especially for a tag match. I think it even with the the other tag match on the show, I think that one could be the real eye catcher for lack of a better term. Um the number five match on the card, another trios match, Dave the Clown, Monster Clown, and Murder Clown versus La Empresa, that's DM, DMT tool, Puma King, and Sam Adonis. Apparently, Psycho Clown decided to dip out after what he saw happened in the cage match last time <laughs> for Dave. He wasn't going to put up with any of that abuse, so he's, and, he's not here. And Dave here.
3: stepped up again. Dave yeah. is back after all of that, and so Psycho he, Clown is the hero. For main
1: <laughs> Letting for punishment, apparently.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I never thought ever at the, the beginning of this show that I we would be talking about. Dave the Clown was so much, such high praise. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com?
2: TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and
1: analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your
2: head.
0: Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Matt Mats and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in mexico thursdays it's straight out of the bodega with papo esco and pwr promoter gabriel ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name,
2: Uh And then we had number six, this is going to be an incredible match, I kind of hinted at this, FTR, Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood, mm-hmm. they will be facing Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. in a triple A tag team championship match, Lucha Bros trying to get those tag titles back. I am so excited for this match. I love the way these two guys work together. They may not exactly love working with each other. I'll get to that later in the AEW segment. But I am so excited for this match. I, I am more personally invested in this match, even though I think that the uh, Laredo Kid and Lee Brothers match could surpass it just because nobody's expecting it to be better. But this match is going to be amazing. And number seven match on the card, we have the big return of Kane Velasquez to AAA. He's coming back. He's going to be AAA, uh, the teaming up with Pagano, Psycho Clown, and LA Park. or no, teaming up with Pagano and Psycho Clown versus LA Park, Reyes Scorpion, and Taurus. Uh, that's gonna be a cool match. This is where Psycho Clown moved on up. Uh, he has kind of a feud thing going with Ray Scorpion, so I guess it makes sense. Still, like just seeing him with the Psycho <laughs> Circus, what can you do? And <laughs> then the main event, the one everybody's excited for. This is the one I'm excited for. Everybody's talking about it. In his seventh Mega Campeón defense, Kenny Omega will face Io Del Vikingo for the AAA Mega Campeón Championship. And it's kind of been an interesting story with Kenny Omega. He's being medically evaluated right now and may or may not be able to wrestle. As of recording time, the entire thing's still up in the air. Yeah. But I think it's very likely we see Kenny at Triple Mania Resia unless his doctors specifically forbid him from doing so. Mm-hmm. Cubs fan is of a similar opinion and, but, I can explain why I think he'll be there if he's had the issues with his back and neck that he talked about since 2018 and they've, you know, been, you know, recurrent injuries this whole time, constantly bothering him. He only became champion in 2020. So Kenny is willing to wrestle hurt. He's been everywhere in the world to wrestle and he is a consummate professional. So in my opinion, I am pretty confident in saying he is going to wrestle at triple mania. If he was injured, They, I mean, that kind of injured, where he wasn't able to go forward, they'd have done something about it already instead of allowing him to work. And maybe the injury, I mean, I'm sure he does need time to recoup, maybe even some surgeries, but it also is a nice story for why he won't be back in AEW for a while to cool that off and give Hangman some time. And I do want to mention that AAA worked, obviously worked, very hard to make this a major card of major importance, but it's hard to take it seriously without the inclusion of Mr. Iguana. I know it sounds <laughs> like I'm being facetious.
4: Because <laughs> I really know. do like Mr.
2: Iguana. Yeah. Yeah. But... Genuinely, aside from Ilda the Kingo, Mr. Iguana, in my opinion, and I think a lot of other people would agree, is one of the fastest rising luchadores in AAA's stable. And not only rising in AAA, but the lucha indie scene and the American indie scene for an unsigned American, you know, unsigned in America for a luchador, Mr. Iguana might be the fastest rising this year. Like, he's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's seriously AAA's loss not having, <clears throat> excuse me, not having him on the show, because he's becoming omnipresent and people are they know his name, they want to see him, and I just felt like it was a disappointment that he wasn't somehow included in the card because of that.
3: So there's still opportunity, but yeah, just not having yeah. him at the press conference really. We we haven't even talked about this. The press conference was an event in and of itself. You had brawls breaking out. You had uh, major you had major appearances where people kind of confirmed things. I mean, yeah, it was. You know, so I agree that not having them on there is kind of you know. But there, there there might be a plan. Yeah,
2: you never know.
3: Of all of the major promotions, I have the most faith in AAA to do the best for the biggest splash at, at all times. Like AEW is good with announcing new wrestlers. And then sometimes they're not as great. Other places, WWE, WWE, the AAA a is always able to uh, take at least that upper end of the card and do amazing things with, uh, with that and, and, uh, make, make the best use of the talent for, for whatever they've got. Sometimes it's, you know, a fistful of rocks, but not this time, so
2: we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting. And this will also be FTR's first match in Mexico. Very exciting. Um I'm trying to look through my notes to see what else I've got from the from the um press conference. Uh Conan. You know, obviously the FDR talked about Conan and said that you know the the in the interviews they've done it really implied that they were going to stick around in AAA for a while. That this wasn't kind you know that wasn't a one and done thing, wasn't a single appearance. And I really enjoy seeing their work with Luchadors, so I'm excited for that. So much going on in AAA right now that's just so exciting. I. Yeah, I don't even know the last time. Part of it is the, the pandemic, obviously, but the last, it's been a while since I felt mm-hmm. this excited about a triple mania card or a triple A card. Yeah. I feel this was stronger than the summer card. I think we're going to get a match of the year out of Kenny Omega and Neil Del um, Well, Um, I think
1: in, in that- what you were talking about his physical health, I mean, you may talk about it in, in, uh, uh, in, in AEW news, but you know, Kenny, uh, is a little bit lighter in the gold section now. And yeah. this may be an indicator of him passing the torch. And I mean, we've kind of talked about it on the show as far as thoughts on if he was to, uh, you know, drop that belt to anyone who currently would that be. And <clears throat> he only, but Kingo's been on the top of that list.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that's been rumored for quite a while that it was going to be Ildo Vikingo. You know that he wasn't willing to drop the belt to Andrade initially at Triple Mania because he had kind of wanted to do wanted to give the rub there to Ildo Vikingo. And now that he he's lost the Impact title He's lost, you know, he's a little bit lighter. We'll get to that triple A, lost the or in the AEW <laughs> rather, lost the AEW championship. It it just feels like this is the last box to check mm-hmm. before he yeah. takes a break. And so I think it is a very strong possibility that we see Eel DeVakingo win on this one.
3: Well, let's let's add in a couple more factors here then. You as you already mentioned that uh Kenny Omega has said this is the guy he would love to to do on that. Med- like a big match with and and maybe hand the title over to. Conan keeps putting e Vikingo over as the person that he thinks is the unrecognized rising star in Triple A. So like he wants big things for Vikingo. Uh we've been talking about his Utah. we were talking about Mr. Iguana's rise, but let's 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 look at the Vikingo, yeah. uh, right? Like he took time off to to be a father and he still managed to just uh, rise up while he was theoretically in retirement in in the yeah. in
2: the public eye. And what was really cool and interesting was so often when wrestlers leave, we're like, Oh yeah, where'd they go? And it's just <laughs> kind of a thing. But people were constantly like, Where's Vikingo? Where's Vikingo? Yeah. I wanna see Vikingo. And yep. so the fact that he left and people just got more interested in him there was a fan response for it i mean everything just went his way this year yeah he has the talent though to back it up when you're that good everything tends to go your way
3: well and and this is that's the point right like he's it's the reason he's a, it's exceptional is because he's think he's an exceptional thing like this isn't just uh this isn't uh a lot of of uh what All, all scissor, no, no steak, I think is the JR reference, but, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, to your point, it's his year. So like this, the odds are it's the, the biggest non-surprise we're going to get on this car is that the king endless. Even still, I'm still probably going to be uh, waking up my neighbors with the amount of noise I make when he wins. So.
2: Yeah, there's just so much going on with AAA, so much exciting stuff. Keep tuned in to our show for more news going forward. We'll have everything up to and including TripleMania Regio when it happens. But also keep an eye out on LuchaCentral.com. Pep goes to a lot of these shows. Um, you know, Jerry Villagraña is uh, he's uh kind of an expert on the Monterey area and Monterey Lucha. So there's a lot going on where we may have – more than the usual on LuchaCentral.com, so check that out. Keep an eye out for those Absolutely. results and more. Yeah.
1: Well, Dusty, we already teased it a little bit, so why don't you just go straight into this week in AEW?
3: Nothing big, yeah. Huh.
1: You know, a light week, a light week. <laughs>
2: I know I said last week we'd talk about everything from last week's Dynamite to this week's Dynamite. But honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of interest in Dynamite compared to full gear. And so I've decided to focus largely on that. And to get the biggest news out of the way, this show will forever be remembered as the night when Hangman Adam Page beat Kenny Omega and became the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Yes, you're going to do Air of Cowboy shit. Yeah. yeah Threw down the yeah, beer yeah, and uh, embraced the Dark Order. It was so good. Like, I was so invested in this match. You follow me on social media. You know I'm a huge Hangman Adam Page fan. Like, oh, this match was for me. I loved it. Loved the whole thing. But now we'll get on to the good Lucha things. On the buy-in, the pre-show we had Nyla Rose, obviously Vicky was there with her, uh, teaming with Jamie Hayter against Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. And this was really a fun, fast-paced match. On the pre-show, like in one way it feels weird to have this kind of talent on the pre-show, but the, t- the purpose of the pre-show, the reason it's there, is to entice people that haven't bought the show already to buy it. And so... To have this kind of talent involved, I thought was a smart idea. And the fact that they were just kind of in a fun tag team match that didn't have a whole lot of importance, I thought that was a smart idea because, like, what's the pre-show for? You know what I mean? Like, perfect spot. She ended up pinning Nyla Rose. We didn't get to see a whole lot of Lucha stuff involved. But I loved the finish. It set things up for their match in the TBS title women's tournament. That played out at the most. Go ahead.
3: That's what I was going to comment on. It, it, that was the extra layer of smart booking, because not only do you create the excitement for the pay-per-view, but you're also creating excitement for next week's TV with this match. That was the whole point of this match. they did keep, a great yeah.
2: job. No, because it got me way excited for the Sheeta versus Nyla Rose match, uh, which surprisingly, in a shocking win on Dynamite, Nyla Rose won. But it did. I mean, they teed this one up perfectly on the pre-show. Then we had the actual full gear show. We had the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Lucha Brothers, Ray Phoenix, and Penta El Zero Miedo came out with Alex Abrahantes versus FTR, Dax Hardwood, and Cash Wheeler, of course, they had Tully Blanchard with them. I liked this match even better than their first match. It was really good. There was a legitimate injury at the end of the match; they had to call an audible for the finish. Tony said, Tony Khan said during the post-show for Full Gear Media Scrum that Harwood was a little banged up, but that was it. After a couple of days, though, Sean Ross Sap and Fightful Select had a story that dropped that stated the original finish of the match was changed on the fly after Dax Harwood was either concussed and dazed or was actually knocked out by a stiff kick to the head from Phoenix. The finish we saw was Cash Wheeler putting on a mask and then putting his feet on the ropes. Referee Rick Knox saw it. Then the Lucha Bros were able to hit the spiked pile driver on Wheeler for the three count. He wasn't the legal man. Obviously, we know why now. But the frantic finish felt real to me at the time and it didn't seem to be inaudible. I assumed that it was to set up the Triple Regia match for the Triple A tag team championships. Maybe even to make it a you know, winner take all match in Triple A. I didn't know. But I, I it, I don't Go see
3: ahead. AEW being that unselfish. That was the part no. where I knew. <laughs> <did. Yeah>. Sorry.
1: I <laughs> just got to laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
3: I try to be as as, as even keel as I can and, and keep it to, to mostly the facts. But AE, we, we've looked at this during this whole or AEW has benefited the most from all of this. So they have a kind of a record of, of putting the heat onto themselves and not really taking it to the other promotion. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And if you hadn't have known the circumstances behind the injury, I don't think you would have ever had any idea that he had been injured. And uh, I don't have in my notes how long the match went, but he was apparently concussed around the 10-minute mark. And like I said, he was either knocked out or dazed and didn't really play into much of the show after that. There was some heat on Phoenix, I guess, backstage, according to Fireball, because he didn't check in on him. Like, that was the thing. Like, it wasn't necessarily the stiff kick. It was that he didn't check in on him.
3: So I did want to talk about that, because that's the difference between an American locker room and a Mexican
2: locker room. Yeah, this would be great context. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh,
3: In the American locker rooms, and this goes all the way back. The first time I ever heard a story about this kind of thing was Roddy Piper. Uh, it, it's if someone gets injured in your match, you, you you know, and you're the wrestler, obviously, it's it's considered normal to constantly check up on the other person. The whole idea for in the Americans is, you know, we're not going to hurt each other. We're going to do our best to put the best show forward. And so there's, you know, you will find pictures out there of wrestlers very subtly going to hospital rooms. They're the guys that are going to go, do you want me to bring you some sandwiches or anything from the, the, you know, like you typically will get if somebody's in the hospital or anything else. So you, that's, that's the, an expectation that goes way, way back in America. In Mexico, it's less of an expectation because they, you're going to get hurt as far as they're concerned. Like people just get hurt in, in lucha matches. They, they're wrestling. On dirt floors, they're doing moves that they really shouldn't do. I mean, we're being brutally honest about it. So there's kind of a different thought process of um, it's bad. They still they still care that the other person has gotten hurt, but they're not necessarily going to go out of their way to check on the other person unless it it's more serious because they are still friends. So just yeah.
2: I think you see that a lot in martial (laughs) arts too, where it's just kind of considered one of the, you know, like just part of the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, sometimes you get your bell rung. Sometimes you get knocked out. You know, sometimes you take a real stiff punch or a real stiff kick. But, like you say, in America, and we saw that even with Owen Hart and Steve Austin, you know, where there were some issues that people felt that Owen didn't reach out enough to Steve Austin when he broke his neck. And I think that helps explain a lot of the context that a lot of people, even other wrestlers might be missing and the translation there through the international (laughs) lines.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, it's essentially, he just wasn't taught to to put the level of care in that they're expecting from it. It's my takeaway on it.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you added that. That's good information. Um, Also on full gear we had Andrade and Malachi Black versus Cody and Pac. And sadly, due to the extreme amount of talent on the card, this was one of the lesser matches of the night. It was kind of used as a cooler match between the Jurassic Express Super Click match and an amazing women's match between Tay Conti and Britt Baker. That said, however, it was still a match full of exciting action. The crowd really hates Cody. He, like He's the face that gets food now. I, I don't know if that's his character, if it'll be a subtle turn, but it was interesting. The finish was Pack hitting the black arrow on Andrade in 6 minutes and 50 seconds. After the pin, Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard from FTR made a run-in and attacked both Cody and Pac. But things were broken up way quicker than you would have thought. I mean, it just kind of left me wondering why it even happened. I wasn't sure. Yeah. That it, was one of those
3: moments where, yeah, like it was very obvious that people were waiting for the thing to happen, so they could break it up immediately, like yeah, it kind of broke my uh yeah my your involvement. suspension
2: of disbelief, yeah, like yeah. It, it was just a a a very tone deaf shift, I thought, you know, and it just uh and. I I suppose all of this and what we saw in the match is likely to be setting up Pac versus Cody at some point, but it leaves me to wonder what they've got for Andrade. Like, I don't understand what this match was supposed to do for Andrade necessarily. AEW's newness had largely insulated the company from people getting lost in the shuffle. Or at least the ones that were, weren't were top of the card acts. We saw it. We saw people that would show up, you know, and sometimes like evelise, uh, you know, like w- whatever happened there, you know, it just kind of played out until evelise was gone. Um, Big Swole, for instance, where's she at right now? There's just people that fall through the cracks, but nobody at the level that Andrade is at had fallen through the cracks yet. And I don't know what happened. I don't necessarily think that it was anybody's fault, but everything that happens for Andrade, it feels like it just leaves him behind or makes him feel less than. He didn't have his contract signed in time for a pay-per-view because they were negotiating, and he he debuted on Dynamite. But when he debuted, he had no music. Vicky Guerrero is his manager. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And now we've got uh, CM Punk, we've got Brian Danielson, we've got Malachi Black, and all of these names have come over and somehow outshadowed him and AEW, and I really don't know. His reception is not what it should be, and it's getting harder and harder to make people care about him. As a, not, I mean, I don't ever know if he'll be seen as a main event guy now in AEW. I hate to say that it's too late. I guess it's never too late. But it's obvious he's going to be an upper mid card guy, not a main event guy. Uh, but it's getting harder and harder to make people care about him at that level, the way they're booking him. I think they originally planned for Ric Flair to manage him and kind of give him that main event rub, that Ric Flair rub. Tony Khan is a huge Ric Flair fan. His a- AOL name back in the, way back in the 90s when he would talk wrestling online. He was kind of a legendary online poster. His name was Tony Flair. He loves Ric Flair. So I, I absolutely think the plan was for Ric Flair to manage Andrade, give him that main event rub. But after the dark side of the ring aired on the plane ride from hell this year, uh, the allegations against Ric Flair that were revealed, uh, that was well, not good. That
3: that we them. were reminded of. Just to be yeah, fair. we were reminded.
2: Yeah. yeah, they've been out there, and people have had stories about Rick Flair for years. Teddy Long has Rick Flair stories that are terrible. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like it's it's pretty clear Rick Flair may not be a good guy, but people had separated the character from the man for so long that I don't think he ever thought it would catch up to him. And if he had apologized, tried to do the right thing, got ahead of it, I think he could have. But the way he's handling himself online right now—if you haven't seen his feud with Becky Lynch online, like I—I've never thought of Rick Flair as a sad old man before, but here we are.
1: Here we are.
2: And yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, uh, so on on the Andrade, I think a lot of this just comes down to that that. That stumble out of the blocks at the beginning. I think that yeah, it's just, absolutely he never quite recovered his momentum from from the that very minor. Let's be honest, it was a very minor misstep, but he it created a, a just enough lack of momentum that he wasn't able to get ahead yeah, of that that exactly. And when, when they added Malachi Black, Brian Danielson, and uh, yeah,
1: I mean in. We've seen kind of the shiny new toy syndrome. Whenever someone new comes on, they get the spotlight for that moment of time, you know, And, and, and then they roll on and there's a shiny new, another shiny new toy. So I think even his time in the spotlight was short, was so short lived because You know, I think he was sandwiched in with like Malachi and I forget exactly who came right after him, but there was other, you know, big shiny toys that came afterwards that they put the spotlight on. But I absolutely agree that first impression wasn't one where AEW fans were excited for him or wrestling Uh fans were excited. And then long term, you know, that just leaves you very curious. What was the plan for him? Um, Yeah. What was was it truly, you know, a way to tie into Triple A, which is where this first kind of got rolling was with that promo he did in AAA, A. Or, you know, was there ultimately supposed to be longer term plans or did those plans get interrupted by all of these new people coming on board? So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that have worked against him. Um, and and I agree. I think though the current is so strong now that yeah. really the emphasis is truly on, you know, the 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 big names that they have, and so he's being related a little bit more to this mid card. But I think it's actually a harder place to be in because the top stars are established. They yeah, have still absolutely. struggled to figure out who and what their middle card is. So if they had, and if anything, their middle card needs stronger storylines and, and feuds in order to establish that. It's kind of an interesting pattern when you think about it. You'd think that, you know, the, the top stars or the top storylines would be the hardest ones to do, but no, they kind of write themselves because they're already those bigger names. Any yep. company that's successful has your tiering system of feuds and rivalries the tag division has been set from day one because the company has set an emphasis on tag team wrestling.
0: It's Uh, been areas
1: like the women's division, which is still slowly coming around, but has needed a lot of work and attention. And it still kind of struggles in that, but it's the mid card in AEW where it it, it kind of struggles. And I'm sure you may talk about it in a very little bit where like the TNT title is a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you need other feuds. Um, exactly. whereas in, in WWE television, you have, you know, mid-card titles on two separate shows. What AEW doesn't have is those multiple titles on, on multiple shows to carry through. So you actually have a bigger mid-card area to work with, which means you yes. actually have a lot more work to put in there. And, and Andrade could actually be a great staple of the mid-card. But there's, it's just so jumbled right now with so many people who have gotten lost in the mix that it's almost like when you have cords tangled up and you're trying to – that's what AEW has to do with the bulk of talent they have in that range.
3: So uh, I just am going to point out an unfortunate truth behind this. Uh, Andrade himself is probably not going to let himself be in that mid-card range.
2: Yeah, he sees himself as a top guy. And he should be a top guy. He has top guy talent. He just doesn't have that top guy momentum or velocity. Sorry, go
3: ahead now. Yeah, to to your point about the championships, the mid-card champion right now is Sammy Rivera, who is a reasonable and very good talent. But there is no way I can see Andrade being in a position where he's going to consciously accept that he is lower on the card than than Sammy at this point in his career I just that's that's, how I, that's it, you know,
2: I, I agree and in WWE <laughs> I think that their strongest era with the mid card was obviously the attitude era you know the yeah but they have so much they had the European title the intercontinental title you know I mean they had a lot yes. going on and the lack of titles is really hurting AEW I mean even though Whereas, Andrade would feel differently, I feel that Sammy Guevara, you know, is maybe, I, I feel he's definitely more likely to be a main event talent than at Andrade this moment, is. Yeah.
3: The, AAA had a chance to course correct, and unfortunately, we talked about this earlier, that is where, uh, where, where Kenny Omega's desires kind of overstepped it instead. Because mm-hmm. had he beaten Kenny Omega for the AAA championship, he would have been, there would have been storyline to keep him at the top of the card a lot longer. And he would have been ahead of the momentum of the, of CM Punk and, and Daniel Bryan. Like that's just poor yeah. Brian Danielson. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, you know, but they didn't do it that way. Uh, Kenny had some very unselfish reasons for doing it. So I can't hate on him for it, but that's, that's where we're at. Like, we're dealing oh, with a, a uh, I don't even want to say a broken toy, uh, yeah. a mismanaged toy.
2: And Kenny being one of the executive VPs of the company, I feel like his feelings on that, that no, I don't want to lose to Andrade, I want to lose to Vikingo, I feel that that is indicative of the company's feelings of Andrade at large. Like he's just not somebody they see their top guys losing to.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, well, I think once Kenny did that, they, they
2: definitely
3: all fell into place with that. That's kind of again where I say they had the chance. Because if somebody else had pushed hard for it and said, no, we need to do this to maneuver him into this spot, other people would have agreed with that. But because Kenny said he's not the guy, and he's a a VP, everybody else is now falling into that mentality of he's not the guy. So, I mean, that's how I see it. I, I don't know what. I want to point out. I am not at any point behind the scenes or doing any direction with uh, (laughs) AEW. So I don't know what's really going on. I just am able to speculate based on what I know of the personalities personally as well as what they report. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Andrade, he will be teaming with FTR And Malachi next week in a big eight-man tag match for the Thanksgiving Dynamite against Lucha Bros, Pac, and Cody. And then on this week's Dynamite, we, we mentioned it. We had Sammy Guevara versus Jay Lethal. Sammy won. The fans know who Jay Lethal is. They know what he's accomplished. And he didn't need a win in this match. He already had his foot in the door with people that would have responded to him regardless of whether he won or lost. So Sammy going over was the proper choice here. Uh, after the match, we saw Tony Neese nice in the crowd, hinting that he's an upcoming challenger for Sammy's title and maybe the new way of debuting Names in the company. You know, like maybe Names will come in to challenge. Not the first
3: time he's been in the crowd for Sammy's matches. He's very mm-hmm. clearly trained, yeah. hunting Sammy.
2: So It's yeah. building to something. I like it. And there was also... This week, speaking of the match, there was some backlash in the fan community regarding Jay Lethal, and fans felt like, due to the controversy, he was a bad choice for AEW. Uh, I do want to state in advance that all of these are merely allegations. I It's not meant to confirm or deny anything you know it, it no no way to say what happened but during the initial movement or initial momentum of the speaking out movement there were allegations made that jay lethal uh at least repeatedly sexually harassed some of the women in ring of honor and had the stroke with the office to make sure that their planned pushes either didn't happen or that existing pushes and bookings got canceled when they rebuffed him there were also allegations that Ring of Honor covered it up because Lethal was seen as the golden boy at that time in the company. Um, Taylor Hendricks had been telling the story about what had happened to her since at least 2018, but during the speaking out movement it got momentum, Killer Kelly spoke out at that time with some allegations of her own, and the things he was alleged to have done seemed fairly credible. It you know, I mean, it seemed like it might have happened. So, why did AEW hire him? And what do they get as a company from having Jay Lethal in their company? It was an all around poor decision on my choice based just kind of on the optics and the reputation he had developed during the speaking out movement, the baggage it carries with him. But to be fair and unbiased, Jay Lethal stepped up at the time and said that he had tried to remain silent and keep a certain amount of dignity amongst the allegations, but that he was having no comfort in the silence and that remaining silent wouldn't do anybody any good. So that he needed to come forward and say that he had and never and would never sexually harass, assault or rape anyone and he would never use his status to deny anyone An opportunity. So this is all rapidly developing. We record on Thursday night. Dynamite was on Wednesday, so we're just kind of beginning to see the controversy surrounding it. It may die down within the next week. It may amplify. I have no idea what will happen, but being a news program, we felt it was important to bring you the news and explain what was going on with the controversy and why there was you know the some controversy what the allegations were uh, to give you a fair and balanced view of what happened and to make your own decision going forward for more AEW news I, oh go ahead sorry Brendan I,
3: I I really just wanted to have before even any of this came out I just didn't think Jay Lethal
2: brought enough to the cart so I, I that, well that's what I said what does he bring yeah. to the company especially yeah. with the baggage like yeah. Even, I, I loved to I loved impact and TNA, but I didn't even love him that much. And he's doing his like Ric Flair character. Like
1: I mean, and it and it just could be the appeal of being able to get someone from Ring of Honor on the roster. Against, and a high
2: name on the card Yeah, and a,
1: and and a high name, name, you know, and it's a per you know, as far as Jay Lethal getting lucky with I think, you know, where he's at. Stability is important, you know, with, with where he's at in his career. So it's a win for him. Uh, I oh, agree. Yeah, and, I understand why. Jane's and, saying, and sure. going back to the whole shiny new toy theory, you know, I think that's just, they're rolling on this. There's, you know, the next big name that they're going to sign and they keep rolling and rolling and rolling. And I don't know if they rely too much on that to build story. And again, to the fact where they bring in all these new people and eventually once they're done, being in the spotlight, they have nowhere else to really land or they get lost in the shuffle. And I think as AEW tries to build momentum with younger talent, I think they also get lost in it. I just think that as a company, AEW has been very adamant about their hiring practices and being cognizant of people's backgrounds and experiences.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, this is one where it seems like the fandom or the allure of having someone of, you know, Jay Lethal's caliber was more appealing and eventually, and this may come down the line years from now, but we all know what happens. You know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Indeed, and, yep. the, and the things that they criticize WWE for, they will start to eventually do if they have not already. So, uh, I think, too, taking maybe a step back of, you know, being so bold in their statements about what makes them different as a company and who they appeal to. They've been very adamant that they appeal to a wrestling Mm -hmm. fan base. They don't appeal uh, appeal to casual fans. Okay, well, that means that, you know, casual fans don't know the situation and the history, whereas more predominantly, you know, well-versed fans know. And so you if you are already sending a message to your audience that you've been very clear that you're targeting that, you know, that you're going to let things go Mm -hmm. by, you know, the wayside if you think it's a, it's appropriate. And as Jesse mentioned, this is all allegations. And so they have that leg to stand on to say nothing has been proven in a court of law. Nothing has been, you know, cited. But. If they they know that they have smart fans, they play on the fact that they have smart fans. Right. Yeah, that's
2: where their bread and butter is financially.
3: So, I mean, again, to go back on this though, without even any of that, right? Like without any of that, I still don't see the signing of him as the, it it it's uh diminishing the the thing that Miranda was talking about that they have going, which is the wave of momentum they get with each big signing he is not a big enough signing at this point in his career to justify where you know what they're going to wind up doing with him he's going to have no. a little bit of momentum he had this big he's going to have a couple big matches and he's probably going to step down and retire but, i mean you know again it's a good move for jay but it's not a good move for AEW they yeah. have nowhere really to go with him exactly And then you add in all of this other stuff that he's bringing with him. And it just seems like it's a very poorly thought out idea to sign him. And I mean, if this is the route they want to go to get an angle on getting the Briscoes or other ROA talent that they really want, that's the only real explanation I can see behind it. And it still doesn't, it's not going to stick to Miranda's point because of the way they've branded themselves.
2: Well, for all this and even more AEW news, (laughs) check out LuchaCentral.com. We're out of time on our AEW segment, or (laughs) we'd keep going. So we're we're getting to wrap it up. But, yeah, check in at LuchaCentral.com, and we'll be back next week. Obviously, more AEW, and if there's more news, we'll discuss it further.
1: Yes. Thank you, Dusty. Up next, we have this week in MLW and on MLW Fusion. We got the War Chamber matchup. The team of MLW World Heavyweight Champion Alex Hammerstone, Richard Holiday, EJ Nduka, Savio Vega, and a mystery uh, teammate versus Contra. Uh Jacob Fatu, Mads Kruger, Ikara uh Ikuro Kowan, and the Sentai Death Squad. Before we get into that though, we did start the episode with a reminder that MLW is gonna be having a special Thanksgiving episode where we will see the open weight championship ladder match between Alex Shelley, Myron Reed, Alex Kane zenshi and a mystery opponent so make sure you stay tuned for next week on that uh as you know we're excited for that match uh one to see who the mystery opponent is and two of course to see our boy zenshi uh compete in really a a match built for him uh and the opportunity to become the new mlw national openweight championship also as we reported last week, we did get news that MLW Azteca was going to be partnering with Crash Lucha Libre. They someone so alluded excited. to that <laughs> they alluded so to that in this week's episode, just saying that MLW Azteca would have an event in Mexico sometime in December. But now we know. Have you seen on social media also that MLW television tapings are going to be taking place in Dallas, Texas? in the end of January. So MLW making their return to Dallas. Of course, also, just a heads up, we got that 5150 promo happening each and every week in which 5150 complains for Los Parks. I feel like that will be a match we see very soon on Fusion. But damn, 5150 promos just get me so damn hyped. Oh, oh, they damn. are so
2: real. And like, oh, they just, yeah, it gets you going. Yes.
1: Uh, but let's jump into the War Chamber, because as you guys alluded to and knew in the previous weeks, Cesar Duran had a special key with him. And that played a very big role in the War Chamber. Um, for those of you who may not know War Chamber, uh, the rules are the entrance entrance. Into the match are staggered, meaning, you know, one after the other, one at a time. And that the match could only start when all the members of each team have entered. And winning comes by submission or surrender. So very similar to a war games uh, type of match. Uh, this year was only a single ring and the uh, top was exposed, but there was some barbed wire around it. So they were playing no games. This year at at, uh, War Chamber, I I like that they
3: made that change. Yes,
1: I think it's something different, something more intense. Um, So with that, there was a coin toss, and the first person uh, that coin toss was won by Contra. The first person that came out was Fatu, and then the second person that came out on Team Hammerstone, well, that was the big surprise. Hammerstone had met with Caesar Duran uh in the last episode in which Caesar mentioned he would be able to help uh Hammerstone in finding uh an additional team partner or teammate and with that, we got the visual and we got the music and we got the name Matanza Duran made his appearance <laughs> Ugh. and the, the commentary monster. stood up. Yes, the commentary played up that, you know, that is the brother of uh Cesar Duran, but the switch happened where as he was coming or before he came into the ring, uh he took off his mask and clothing to be revealed to be Jeff Cobb. Uh, which was something that, again, for we're going to do some education time, is something yeah. that I was somewhat familiar with and forgot and then re-remembered as I watched <laughs> this.
2: I've always remembered because I think Jeff Cobb looks like such a nice guy, but Matanza looked so freaking scary, yeah. like a monster, genuinely. Yeah. But Jeff Cobb, like, he just looks like such a nice guy to me. Yeah. He really is. He's a super well- nice guy.
1: And they used the term, well, Matanza Duran was the name that was on the screen, but again, commentary played up. You know, Jeff Cobb, the, the fans addressed him as Jeff Cobb. Commentary said that Matanza is more of a alter ego or someone he becomes when he goes to a darker side. That it would be interesting if this is a somewhat of a storyline or something that happens to see this difference in Matanza that it's, you know, a acknowledged split of a personality. Um, I think that would be great kind of a side note to go into, but you had Fatu and Jeff Cobb in the middle of War Chamber. And that in and of itself was worth the price of admission. Right.
3: Uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to uh, give the uh, shout out. They had that at Defy. So I, got I was going to
1: say. I was going to pop yeah. it. I know <laughs> Defy has that on their social media. Defy is smart. They took advantage as soon as they saw this posted. Their match. Uh, so go check out Defy social media if you want to see the full match of Jeff Cobb versus Fatu. But – Man, this one is, was in a steel cage and the back and forth between them, they were matched in size, agility, strength, uh, and Fatu really had to throw his strength in, into his clotheslines, uh, into everything to actually be able to get control of, of Jeff Cobb. Uh, Jeff Cobb had a great drop kick to Fatu while Fatu was on the top rope. And they did absolutely reference Matanza's past in Boyle Heights. So they are working around Uh, uh, Lucha Underground without saying Lucha Underground, which again is incredibly, incredibly smart. Um, after that, the second entrant for Team Contra was, uh, the first Sentai Death Squad member. They teamed up on Jeff Cobb until Savio Vega, Tio, came out with his Singapore cane to even the odds. He cracked uh, the cane over Fatu's head a few times, and he also took down the Sentai Death Squad member. After that, Akira Kawan came out, again, the advantage back to Contra. Um, He originally took down Savio Vega, um, and then Fatu, that handspring moonsault on Jeff Cobb. Like, what what are we (laughs) doing here? What is happening?
3: Neither of those guys should be able to do not the, the high flying stuff they do. Science
1: yeah. does not live in this chamber.
3: No, well, it's not just in the chamber. I'm going to refer you. They they fly every time they
1: collide. That's I true. Think,
3: I think they uh they they just the gravity shuts off when they're in the ring together or something. It's just yeah,
1: gravity too scared, but like not we ain't doing that. We ain't playing that game. Um, and then after that, Richard Holiday came out. Uh, and then the following uh, person was the second Sentai Death Squad member. Again, uh, and then, uh, EJ Nanduka uh, came out again where we had the matching, uh, teammates, uh, for both sides. Uh, from there, uh, uh, after EJ Nanduka, Max Kruger was set to come out, which he did, but he was instructed to stand by the Ring and watch the ramp um, And in this point That's when they also played up the storyline Of Max Kruger and Contra And the possibility of Max Kruger Wanting to take over Contra That's going to be a story in a little bit um, But He faced E.J. Nanduka uh, And then from there Kruger was able To uh, climb the top rope uh, And and take him out uh, Hammerstone Was the last person In the ring and uh once the odds were set, uh Hammerstone won by putting the torture rack on Akira Kawan for the win. However, afterwards, every, this, everything exploded with Contra, where Jacob Batu and Max Kruger started to fight. And now we see pretty much the demise, or at least the change in Contra. Um, we don't know if Max Kruger is going to step in and lead Contra, if Jacob Batu is, we're going to have a struggle over Contra. We are not sure yet, but it, there does seem to be a big dissension within Contra. And of course, you had your baby faces with the big win. A very interesting note though, uh, for the end of MLW Fusion, at the end we had Cesar Duran in his office meeting with Carly Perez and they appeared to be ta- discussing some plans for MLW's next maybe venture opportunity with Azteca Underground as they discussed the canvas which was a blueprint for a ring, I believe in the nineteenth or some some older ring, um in which Duran called a Cathedral of Violence. Mm-hmm. So that just yeah. sounds like a badass name for a match. Oh uh, such a good name. But yeah. uh you know the debut of Jeff Cobb as Matanza as Jeff Cobb as well, um, uh, you know, we will see if he continues to be an integral part of MLW and the Azteca underground storyline. We do see a continued storyline. And now again, that business partnership between Caesar and Carly and possibly more coming up for Azteca underground. Maybe this alludes more to the show that they're having, uh, with Crash in December. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's what it's leading to, but we have several more weeks of War Chamber matches uh that will be airing on Fusion over the next few weeks. Again, next week for Thanksgiving. Is the national open weight championship ladder match. So stay tuned as well as the opera cup finals that tag match between 5150 and those parks will be coming up in the next few weeks. So make sure you stay tuned to major league wrestling. You can find them every Wednesday on YouTube. Uh, Alpha Fusion post for free one hour. Great content. Also, you can find them on B in sports.
3: I, I did want to cut in with another thing that i noticed a takeaway on this the breakup uh or the derailment of contra's momentum they've been the primary heel faction in mlw for the last two three years i believe yeah. it was uh is does leave a power vacuum as they're setting up this azteca underground yes yeah. kind of so look for big big maneuvers to happen it looks like azteca underground is going to be the big Evil force in the MLW for the, the next big
1: bad, as they call it.
3: Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, I we, we were, it, it's subtle right now, but I really want to get people on this hype, this hype machine oh. that I'm on right and now. I,
1: so. And I think you're absolutely right because there has been a word that Jacob Batu is in turn for a baby face push now. Um, and so maybe this demise of Contra not only is that to push Jacob Fatu, but also, you know, it does leave that gap for a big um heel faction to come through or heel big heel force to come through. And that's exactly where Cesar Duran comes in. It was very interesting yeah. though, again, in his role and which he's been very notorious for, he can play both sides. You know, helping out mm-hmm. uh Alex Hammerstone with, you know, providing Matanza was, you know, a, a nice thing to do. But as also we know with Caesar, it, you never, you, no one gets a free meal. You know, they at did, one point, he will be owed something.
3: They did repeatedly refer to that as a deal with the devil. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting something good now, but uh, at some point, that favor is going to come due. So, yes. yeah, lots of interesting storytelling. I'm looking forward to these next few episodes that Dallas taping, I think, is going to be really huge because that'll be right around the same time as they're doing the the crash taping, so there will be a lot of momentum going forward. So,
1: Well, that leads us to that weekly segment you know, you love. It's This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty.
2: That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at luchacentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for informations, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre at luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week we chose November the 22nd, 1998, when the first episode of WWF Super Astros aired. This was a program that had a staple of Mexican wrestlers, and but it also had Japanese stars, lower card guys. Uh, the roster I'll get to in a minute. The first episode had Armando Fernandez defeating Scott Taylor, El Marengu- Marenguero, Defeating Christopher Martinez and El Io Del Santo defeating Super Crazy in the main yeah. event. Show like can yeah, you imagine cool. that happened in a WWF like WWE ring? Right. The roster like I mentioned, luchadors, Japanese wrestlers, lower card guys, but the the standouts to me, Dick Togo was a one of the people. The original Espectrito, Felino. Funaki, Mascarita Sagrada, Mr. Aguila, Negro Casas, Octagoncito, Piratita Morgan, Ray Bucanero, El Ilo del Santo, Super Crazy, Taka Michinoku, Tiger Mask 4, as well as show hosts and then current WWF Spanish announcing team Carlos Cabrera and Hugo Savanovich. Like, it was... An attempt was made to... mm -hmm. Kind of court the Latin American audience. So WWE, WWF, we mention this all the time that they they look for a a Latin American star. You know, they wanted to start WWE Mexico or NXT Mexico at least. This was the beginning of that. This is like all the way back. WCW had some success with Luchadors, and it really freaked WWF out, the cruiserweight thing. So they had their own Super Astro show. Uh, it didn't really catch on, but it had some interesting matches. I think Brandon has some feelings. He kind of talked about this during our planning meeting <laughs> the other night, so I'm going to – Gonna kick this to him. Let him tell you how he felt about it when he was on WWE Network looking for things.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I would, I would just go on the network when you could search for for things, and I would search luchadors by name. Once I found a couple, so I'd start with that infamous San Antonio uh, Rumble where we had a couple luchadors there, and I just would find other matches they had, but. The weird thing that I didn't like about this was Super Astros had, it was an American take on it. So you had a match with uh with uh, uh, uh Negro Casas and Hio uh, Del Santo. But it had a very kind of WWE flavor and finish to it. So like, did you really watch two legends of Lucha Libre in the ring? Or did you watch two guys that were trying to make it big in America? It was kind of and it's, I always felt very frustrated by that tease, um, and but I'm even more frustrated now that I don't. The app has gone away, and I can't just search these matches because there were some also some gems in there. Uh, the you you mentioned uh, the Michinoko Peru Pro guys, and they a lot of those luchadors on Super Astros in particular had good matchups against these guys. So
2: they did, yeah, yeah. And the storylines, for what from what I remember, mostly only involved the luchadors. Like I don't remember the storylines much involving the, the Michinoku as, Pro guys. But yeah, as a
3: as a as a young man when I was watching that, I, I was more into the Michinoku guys, <laughs> and I was disappointed that they didn't get more storylines. Yeah, you know, so I do remember having that distinct. Impression that they were just kind of there, but like, you know, as I got more into the, to the legends and new cause, okay, you're, just to point out that the, the Santo and Negro Casas are not psychosis and Rey Mysterio. They're just like, <laughs>
4: that's true. That
3: they're not, you know, I, as an, as an older fan who more seasoning, I can appreciate what they bring to the table more now, but at the time, they were not bringing they were not well, bringing and Iowa. that's
2: when that was such a fresh and exciting and new style, too. I mean, yeah, it's hard <laughs> to imagine if you've only been watching wrestling a short time or a newer fan, but Rey Mysterio was the most exciting wrestler in the world for like mm-hmm. three years there. Like mm-hmm. nobody could come up with what he had. And so everybody wanted every masked luchador to be Rey Mysterio. And, and, then, and, and every masked is Psychosis and, and Rey
3: Mysterio. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah like and, you know and it did that so no. no. like even they couldn't do that like you know no, they, had, yeah. they had dozens of matches and not all of them were as good as the ones that immediately come to your mind when i say those two names together so
2: yeah they had some classics and some stinkers
1: <laughs> well uh, how... I...
2: Yeah,
1: it's gonna, how yeah. about you, Brenda? Well, I just <laughs> more on, on the, the big picture. I mean, this was really WWE's first, uh, attempt or at least biggest television attempt to capture, you know, a lucha libre Hispanic Latino audience and you know i feel like they utilized all the right people but i think that's also the struggle where too at this time in wwe you have a lot of storylines and you just don't have the wrestling you know you had to find that balance and i think that's where maybe some of the struggle was with this um that they were great matches but people especially during this time frame were more entertained by stories and, you know, when you can't carry that through for a multitude of reasons, you know, some of it isn't necessarily traditional in Lucha Libre. A lot of it was the language barrier, you know, um, and a lot of it would have been a time commitment to invest in building things when their main priority was what they were producing on Raw and SmackDown every week. So, you know, I feel like in theory it had a, a great place, I think, in something like now. This is almost like a predicate something like a 205 Live, yep. you know, where this, you know, the Super Astros could, you know, walk. So so 205 Live could run type of thing. Um, and but I think that it did show that there is an audience for this type of wrestling. It just oh, isn't much. something that is as popular uh, to a mainstream audience. But I mean, I think that the card here is incredibly stacked. I mean oh one, yeah, like the fact that it was just kind of on this off like here's our super astros and you're like, but wait, this could, you know, be a Triple A AAA show or a CMLL show, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so that to me was kind of the surprise in looking at this and the way that it, it was structured in the in the luchadors that was uh you know on um, the this episode this debut episode.
3: Well yeah, this episode was was absolute fire. Like again, you're gonna get ups and downs because wwe was struggling with that right mix but they were on to something with this first
2: episode yeah for all this and more check in like we mentioned lucha central.com your place for all things lucha libre
1: and uh, brendan can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com?
3: A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And here it is, the coup de grace. It's free. Can't beat that price. So there you go. Go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Brendan, you have some ROH news this week.
3: Yeah, so I mean, we made it sound like ROH is dead already, but they're still going. They are still filming stuff, uh, and uh they will be going all the way through till January. Uh twelve eleven is their last physical show which in which they will be wrapping up with the last of their T V matches and then uh then they will be doing they will still be showing ROH on TV, but it will be more like a best of until the, the return sometime next year. Uh, so we had, we had, uh, the, the, the match that I, I, I previewed weeks ago. They finally got around to showing the Bandito versus Alex Zane match for, for the championship. This was Alex Zane's opportunity that he won at a recent pay-per-view and uh all in all it's a solid match you if you're into that west coast lucha style you're gonna get a lot of good stuff out of this lots of uh, aerial maneuvers lots of dives lots of uh reverses that happen to people while in the air i mean we, i was just referencing Ray Mysterio and psychosis like it, that, that's you could get that spirit from it. I'm not gonna say it was at that level, but uh, you could definitely get that feeling. If you enjoyed that kind of match, then you would enjoy this match. They also had the Honor for All event on Honor Club, so their le- their exclusive event that I mentioned a, a little bit ago. Uh, this match featured several matches, but uh, in the more broad Lucha centric areas here. We had Holoded, Quinn McKay, Trishadora, and Vita Von Starr in a match. Holiday came out on top on that. You had Jonathan Gresham and Brody King and kind of a clash of styles, but I uh, will remind people Brody King is Luchador and can go. Uh so, I mean that was that I was ecstatic to see that one. Uh Jonathan Gresham came out on top on that one. Uh, You had Matt Taven and Mike Bennett going against Dragon Lee and Kenny King for the ROH Tag Team Championship. So this is, again, kind of going towards my proving my theory that they seem to be moving away from LFI in the waning days of this brand of ROH, uh, the uh, OGK, the original kingdom of Matt Haven and Mike Bennett did come out on top when they took the titles off of Dragon Lee and Kenny King. And Kenny King is now being more positioned for a singles push. So we're probably not going to see the rematch at or before final battle, (coughs) which is uh, unfortunate, but kind of understandable because uh, Roosh is injured. Uh, Dragon League and Relistico very obviously have one foot out the door. They're taking a lot of indie bookings, um, which um, is good news for uh, for me because I'm going to get to see them more, but we're not going to see them chasing the ROH title, I don't think. And then you also had Bandito uh, uh, defending against. Demonic Flamita in a no DQ match. Uh, so, you know, these two have a lot of history and they can fly, they can brawl. This is just a good overall match, so. Um, yeah,
2: it was awesome. I yeah. love that match. <laughs>
3: Uh, so that's that's our ROH news. Uh, we will be continuing to give you updates as new product is is still coming out. Uh, we will any new news that comes out, particularly Lucha news, we will be continuing to cover. But um, it's feeling more and more like we're going to get less Lucha content in the upcoming weeks. We'll still get some solid matches, so I still highly recommend doing it, and and I will still say. $9.99 for a month of ROH will get you this honor for all and access to their library. Well, it's still, uh, ROH's library, which means you can go back and watch a ton of great Lucha Libre content for that 10 bucks. Do it while you can. Don't, don't wait for the, the peacock or whatever else to you know, ruin it for you. As I mentioned earlier when we're talking about la Super Astros. So. <laughs> ROH, uh, that's the ROH for this week.
1: And Brendan, you also have some CMLL news for us.
3: Yes. Uh, so th- this started, we, we talked earlier about it, so I'm just going to start right there. We talked about Jeff Cobb, and he and TJP uh, have been announced for a show at Arena Mexico now. So, uh, you know, we, we said this off air, but what hell of a foreign invaders team right there to have. Jeff Cobb and TJP just come in and say we're here who wants to try and beat us so we'll see how that plays out Um, yeah
1: I I, I love (laughs) this idea I really do I really freaking do uh
3: so we had a show uh on the 12th at Arena Mexico which had some title changes so I'm going to go and a couple other sort of uh, things happening so uh atlantis jr grand guerrero and ultimo guerrero were in a relevance incredibles against euphoria magisto and volador jr so uh the guerreros did wind up winning this at the end of it they did ask atlantis jr to to rejoin them to reform los guerreros de la atlantia um and Atlantis Jr. eventually accepted it on the Informa after the show. So, those of you with deep ties to old school lucha, this is the return of a super popular heel faction. I can hear Dusty's microphone clicking excitedly. <laughs> so, I <know>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's just. Did you have thoughts or feelings on? Did you watch this match, Dusty? I,
2: I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited to see it now. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> I've said before, we've seen subtle signs for a while now that, you know, they're going to make Atlantis Jr. one of the guys, you know, that he's going to be a made man in CMLL. And this is the beginning of that. But they're doing a good job with it. Like they're pairing him with the people you'd want to see him with, kind of doing the things you'd want to see. And as a fan, I'm excited to see it. So at least they're doing something right right now
3: they're doing a really good job of making the best of what they've got at this moment. Like I don't, I mean, we've had a lot of not great news about CMLL, but with the people, when they're putting on shows, they're at least putting a good foot forward when they're putting on shows. It's just, they're kind of behind the scenes stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they were going for a while where they were just kind of, just throwing matches out there because with kind of cynically thinking people were going to keep showing up, but they seem to be to your point, you know, and they're digging, digging into their history a lot too, which I like. I think that's, that's the thing that they, they are still the oldest promote wrestling promotion in the world at this point that that is active.
2: Yeah. The oldest continually operating (laughs) wrestling promotion. And that is so cool.
3: A thing that I think irritates, uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> 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 also on this card, you had, uh, Hedge defending his title for the first successfully against Barbario Cavernario CMLL Heavyweight Championship, uh, that he won recently. First successful title defense. Um, and then we moved on to eleven sixteen also in Arena Mexico. We had a new women's Mexican champ crown. We had Dark Silhouette taking the title off of Reina Isis. Uh I I keep I have in the past few weeks I have only been calling her Silhouette, and I've been that is poor of me to do because she did specifically Go evil. Add dark to her name. She is now full-on Rudo, and it should be dark silhouette. And this is kind of to to thing that we were just alluding to. This is kind of they're they're building on these things to to build a new kind of better outlook. And some of this is realigning some of these people that constantly uh, have been showing up to work at CNL. Like I, I I'm I make it sound like I'm being cynical about that, but. That, you know if you're gonna have a promotion that's going to run and do their best to to keep running rewarding this kind of rewarding the loyalty of the people who haven't even really dipped their toe out seems like a, a good plan for them uh and then we was it last week uh, we recently talked about the the history of the Leyenda Diazul tournament so uh they they heard us and they announced that they the the upcoming field of wrestlers which will be on their next Uh, I perturbed view. So, here we go. We've got Angel de Oro, Ultimo Guerrero, Sobrenario Jr., Barbario Cavernaro, Atlantis Jr., Echicero, Stuka Jr., Terrible, Blue Panther, Sagrado, Gran Guerrero, Gamilio Diablos 1 and 2, Dark Panther, Dragon Rojo Jr., and Espinche. So, I mean, there's a couple of standout names for who's probably going to win, but there's some really good potential matchups in, in that uh, tournament field, too. So that's uh, the 1126 26 Land of the Azul show. It will be pay per view which means it's only going to be live, so you have to be able to, to tune in and catch it. But as always, uh, if you need help navigating the Ticketmaster Mexico site in order to buy that, feel free to reach out to me. Uh Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog Has pretty reasonable Information too although I don't hear him Offering a services as much so uh, t- We're checking out that's our CMLL news for the week uh, Again our big takeaway is Jeff Cobb And TJP taking on the world In, in Mexico so Go get you some
1: Thank you Brendan uh, up next we Have this week in NXT First off, I'm going to start off with a very interesting storyline that's been developing within Legado de Fantasma, specifically with Electra Lopez and Zion Quinn. Last week, Electra Lopez defeated Erica Yan and afterwards, uh, she invited, uh, Zion Quinn to join Legado de to Fantasma, or to join Legado de Fantasma. Um, you know, he, Uh, you know, Zion Quinn decided to, uh, not accept the invitation and was, you know, supposedly jumped by, uh, Legato. Uh, this week, we had Zion Quinn versus Andre Chase. And after he won, um, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza struck again, this time with a returning Santos Escobar. Electra came back, or Electra came as well to say that no one said no to her before um, Santos uh, used the choke chokeslam uh, on Zion Quinn. So it's a very interesting storyline development. It looks like we will be getting uh, Zion Quinn versus Santos Escobar, which I think would be a, a great uh, match. It's just an odd way how we got here, especially since we've not seen Santos Escobar over the past few weeks, Electra Lopez has kind of stood in the place of being the leader, um, which I think is a fascinating topic if for some reason Santos is not there anymore or gets called up or something happens, but it's a weird way to get to a feud. I think once NXT saw the success of, um oh gosh, of that other couple, um, of Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, they started to throw love storylines all over the place to see what stuck. Uh, none of them so far has has gotten a standing to it. But, you know, if this is a way to keep Legato uh, safe. This is what they must do, as we will talk later. We must keep Legato safe at all costs. Um, yeah. Yeah.
4: Keep them safe.
1: We'll that. that is the mission. We'll keep them safe. <laughs> Uh But the match of the night is the main event, Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. Uh This match was brewing after the events of Halloween Havoc. The match started off hot with Raquel landing a big clothesline on Dakota Kai and a series of kicks and punches in the corner. They ended up on the outside where Raquel swung Dakota into the barricade. And I just loved how Raquel did her trash talk in Spanish. It is very much appreciated and loved. She is real good with her trash talk and her yelling, but I especially love when she throws in the Spanish. Um, Dakota was able to turn the tables uh, with a big kick to the face uh, uh, to Raquel on the side apron. However, Raquel was able to regain control, but the pendulum swung back in Dakota Kai's favor as she ducked a big spear from Raquel, which sent her into the steel post. After uh, a a running kick to the outside, um, Dakota got some uh, momentum back, back in the ring. Um, However, a little bit later on, Dakota Kai brought out the shovel that she used at Halloween Havoc on the back of Raquel. However, Raquel was able to avoid it by kicking Dakota in the leg. Raquel got her hands on the shovel, and just about when she was going to use it, Toxic Attraction came out. And saved a Dakota Kai causing a disqualification in the match. However, not too long after that, Cora Jade came out to help out, uh, with the save. She's had some, somewhat of a feud with Dakota Kai as well and Toxic Attraction. Um, and then Zoe Stark came out with crutches, which, you know, Toxic Attraction kind of laughed off until we saw Io Shirai come out. Zoe Stark handed her one of her crutches. And uh, Io Shirai just used that on everyone in the ring. And in the final seconds of NXT, we hear Io Shirai yell over the microphone, War Games. Uh, not, you know, Stephen Regal, Willem Regal, uh, but it's a pretty damn good War Games um, yeah. charged moment. So I will take it. So it looks like we will be getting the team of Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade and Io Shirai versus Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai. We don't know who that fourth person will be. I'm sure we'll find out soon. But I do feel like this is a very interesting turn of events. Whereas in the last War Games, we saw Raquel Gonzalez pin Io Shirai. And that was a big turning point in uh, Raquel's career where we knew that pin meant big things for Raquel Gonzalez. And so now we see them on the same team, possibly for war games. So how things have changed, uh how how much time, you know, passes. But um I think it's a great war games, really the most charged war games we have right now. Um, the one with the biggest feud, the biggest rivalry coming in. So I'm sure we'll get more information about war games as we talked about last week with possibly happening on the men's side. But we have the table set for the women's war game match. And excited. The, yes, very excited for that. Yeah.
3: I sorry, that that's uh, that silence was just me being I'm still soaking that in while yeah. also looking at the yeah, so uh I'm super excited for yes. for that. I seen Raquel in another war games or in a war games it's gonna be amazing.
1: Same thing with EO. I mean that yeah. trash can over in <laughs> the top yeah. that was just memed for a long time <laughs> and I just loved it. Eo Shirai <laughs> is built for war games. It's true. She she really is. So it is a shame that Zoe Stark won't be um, participating. She did confirm um, over social media that she had an ECL tear. She is out. Um, so who that fourth member will be, we will wait and see. But don't forget to check out your NXT results on LuchaCentral.com. We got them each and every week for you. With that, we have this weekend WWE and Dusty. I'm not sure what order you want to do this all in. So I'm just going to let it in because as we do this show, we did get the breaking news that by the time you listen to the show, we'll know what's happening. But we are just getting this right now as we are recording. So I'm going to let this Dusty handle this because I'm not even sure how to handle this.
2: Yeah, we've had some breaking news regarding some more cuts in WWE, like as we're recording, as Miranda mentioned. Uh, For the sake of brevity, I'm going to skip a lot of what I had to say about WWE. I'll run it down really quick. (laughs) Um, On SmackDown, Los Lotharios, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Angel got the pin on Intercontinental Champ Nakamura, not on Boogs. I think that's a strong sign Vince has plans for Angel. Keep an eye on him. I think he's going to be a big solo guy. I don't know that the tag team lasts terribly long because of that. We'll see what happens. On Raw, we had Selena Vega defeating Nikki Ash. Two-minute and 45-second match. Selena won with the Code Red after a Carmella run-in. Bobby Lashley defeated Rey Mysterio. Uh, so much to say. Uh, Scrap Daddy Adam Pearce replaced Rey with Austin Theory for the Survivor Series team after the match. One of the shittiest story choices going right. on at I WWE just, this yeah, year. Let's,
1: let, we'll just jump into that real quick because that is <laughs> the logic on this has made no sense. And this is why people get mad at WWE. Like, I understand this, because literally one week you say someone can't be on a team because they're not a world champion, then the next week you replace them with someone who is not a world champion either. Yeah, it's... Sorry,
2: that's, no, it's completely ridiculous. I just... And WWE's made a lot of bad choices this year, but this is one of the worst. I mean, it's really saying something that's just terrible. But, but, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the breaking news. We'll leave the negative stuff behind. So, there were more cubs <laughs> I don't, we're announced. We're leaving the as, negative stuff well, behind? Well, I mean, my <laughs> getting... negative review. I, get view on. The,
3: I view the breaking news as positive and, and a very negative.
2: Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the 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 negative review on the product behind. Maybe I haven't <laughs> even stopped shitting all over that. Give me a minute. But, <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful (laughs) announced, uh, as we're recording, like we said, that WWE has released Jackson Riker, which seems like an obvious choice. uh, Shane Thorne, Drake Maverick, Tegan Knox, John Morrison, you know, Johnny Mundo of interest us. And uh, Hit Row was obviously devastated. They did Ashante Adonis. They released... Shantae Donis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and oh. Top Dollar. Like, Swerve Scott's going to be a star anywhere, but after the tweets Top Dollar's been making lately, I don't know about him. <laughs> He's trying to tell that company line, and they kicked his ass to the curb anyway. Yeah. Taya tweeted out afterwards Stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talent. If you love uh-huh. pro wrestling, spend your money on the hundreds of other alternatives. This is wrong. Yes. Ethically as employers, they do not care about us. They don't care about talent or fans. Nope. Mm. They we we uh,
3: I, we've gone on we they've gone on record on saying they don't care about fans. I still point out that they have people who have WWE in their name whose job it is to be a backstage executive on Twitter saying things like it doesn't matter what we do you're going to watch anyway so shut up mm-hmm. like that's yeah. that you know like that should tell you everything you need right there that they they're telling you to shut up and sit down uh, instead of caring about the product the way that I mean they don't seem to understand that it is an interaction that is generated by passion and love and they're killing it they're just smothering the the whole relationship and um yeah i i could not support Taya's statement more i i've for a long 100%. time said yeah uh uh one of one of a couple of our lucha central writers have on their personal blogs done gone off on this too they've said many times over WWE is not a product that should be supported right now. They are making bad choice after bad choice and they're only getting away with it because they're, they view themselves as too big to fail. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. No, 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 I was just going to agree with, you know, again, I continue to scratch my head at what WWE is doing, you know, um, I mean, talk about trimming the fat, but this is now, you know, a cycle and you just wonder what what is the meaning behind all of this? Is this more of a business decision? Is this more? I mean, we did see with the revamp of NXT 2.0, are they truly streamlining their talent? And in a lot of ways, we saw in general in the world of business companies simplifying their process flow and workflows. We see that more on the back end, but now this is one of the first times we see that on the front end, that are they really streamlining and having this is how we're going to develop talent from now on. Bam, bam, bam. And if you don't fit these parameters or this, you know, I'll call it parameters because it's still somewhat unconfirmed, you know, as to what exactly they're looking for, what are the parameters of someone. But it does seem like less is more with them now. Um, and anyone that doesn't fit anything, but it also, you know, they're they're going to let go. But then you also see, you know, Hit Row, who just got called up to SmackDown, and yeah, it least, weeks ago. That and so it just yep. seems like they just didn't even get the chance.
2: Never got and the chance, and they, they were never so good did. in NXT.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and uh,
3: to Denise Salcedo said this on her Twitter: they were they they fit right in with with SmackDown. They exactly. were going to, you know uh and yeah anyway uh i'm I, i'm gonna say it again i'm really sorry that this happened to you shane i know this
2: was a big big dream for you so you know you're gonna do great wherever you go i think it was a big dream for everybody mm-hmm. Taya, you oh. know big dream of hers was to go to wwe yeah. for like 18 and a half years if you were a like a pro wrestler the end-all be-all was wrestlemania and wwe and now there's an alternative and people aren't afraid to say they're disillusioned
3: Mm -hmm. yeah no and that's true i just i I personally have talked to 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 certain people that's why i I can yeah
4: yeah
1: well and again i mean both malataya and john morrison you know also this um this sense of You know, the other shoe to drop to have this happen to both of them in such a short amount of time, too, is just really crazy. Morrison
3: wasn't a shock to me. They hadn't been doing anything really. He came back to be the Miz's sidekick. That storyline didn't go anywhere. And, I mean, I can't see John Johnny Morrison, Mundo, whatever you want to call him. Johnny Dynamite. I uh, yeah Johnny, 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 Johnny drip drip I mean you know we could just keep going all night but uh, I don't see him being happy with his direction so I, I I feel like he probably was pushing to to go uh
2: yeah once Tyler left you know? for sure somebody fired my wife yeah. I'd be out the door <laughs>
3: yeah and he, he didn't. He's not losing anything because they. He no. wasn't even really appearing on TV regularly. And when he was, it was to look stupid, so somebody else who they are going to fire in two weeks could have their three week push. So. Yeah.
2: And it's kind of easy to forget now too that after he was fired by WWE the first time, he went out on the Indies and you yeah. know he really proved himself and made himself and he became one of the highest earning stars on the Indies.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, going all the way back to the beginning of the show, thinking about that AAA wish list,
3: that yes, wish list
1: may have gotten a, a little longer. Oop,
3: no. <laughs> I, I, oh. I cannot see them not adding Johnny Mundo back for at least a one-off match. Yeah, that's just, yeah.
2: he was like, such a great heel in AAA. Yeah. I mean, just the best. Yeah.
1: Uh, well. Dusty, thank you for sharing that breaking news. Make sure you follow uh, LuchaCentral.com for more information. And, of course, this show for the latest news and information regarding WWE and anything else that happens. We will be talking more about it in the upcoming weeks. Very quickly, ending the show on Impact Wrestling, a few notes to keep tab of: We do have Turning Point this weekend. Before we get to that though, I do want to mention a change that's happened with Turning Point based off of something that happened this week on Impact Wrestling. Steve Macklin faced Laredo Kid in this match. If Steve Macklin won, he would be added to the triple or he'd be added to, uh, the X division championship match between Laredo Kid and Trey Miguel in which he did win. So now we have a triple threat match, uh, between Laredo Kid. Steve Macklin, Trey Miguel for the X Division Championship. Um, you know, still going to be a great match. Uh, this one in particular, uh, from the notes I've been able to see was a, another great match for Laredo Kid and his presence and impact. Uh, and then one for Steve Macklin to kind of show off his versatility in the ring as well. Also happening this week at Turning Point, Chelsea Green will be facing, uh, or has become, yeah, uh, she is, she will be facing, uh, Jordan Grace, uh, t- for the digital media championship. She became the number, the new number one contender earlier this week. And they are going to be facing off at the Turning Point pre-show this Saturday. Uh, also we will have Mickey James face Mercedes Martinez. This will be Mickey James' uh, first major title defense of the Knockouts Championship since winning it. And Mercedes Martinez got this opportunity after winning the Knockouts Knockdown Tournament. Uh, the Tag Team Championships will be on the line. The Good Brothers versus Bullet Club, uh, Chris Bay, uh, and, uh, Hikilo. And then we have, of course, the Knockouts Tag Team Championships match, the Inspiration versus Decay. The Impact World Championship will be defended, Moose versus Eddie Edwards. So that and much, much more this Saturday at Turning Point. It is exclusive uh, on the Impact Plus app, so make sure you stay tuned live from Sam's Town in Las Vegas. I will definitely be keeping an eye out on that X Division Championship match and of course the Knockouts Championship match. I feel unfortunate because I feel like I know who's going to win and I feel like it's not a good utilization of Mercedes Martinez. I think, you know, they, they really could do more with her. And when you think about, you know, who would thrive now as Knockouts champion, someone in a newer role could it be it? who knows maybe this is uh you know the surprise in a way to transition into a new champion with Mercedes Martinez however you know just going to leave it at that but you know trying to end things off on a good note at the end of this week's impact uh it was announced that Russell House will be returning next week so far tagged to appear is Rosemary Johnny Bravo Havoc, Crazy Steve, Johnny Swinger, Madison Rain, Caleb Connolly, and more. And when we think about the end of the last Russell House, we saw Ty of Valkyrie being taken away in handcuffs for the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo. Wouldn't it be grand to have Russell House return? Now I know they've already filmed some of these, but damn it, just reshoot it. To have the return of Ty of Valkyrie at Russell House. Back from the slamma.
2: Yeah. Out on parole.
1: Out on parole. That would be a hilarious tie-in or acknowledgement maybe to Wrestle House. I don't know how they would incorporate it, but Russell House is coming back next week. So if you love campiness, if you love <laughs> silly stuff, you know, make sure you check out Russell House. Wrestle House is a gem of the wrestling community and it must be cherished for what it is. And uh, again, you never know who's going to appear at Wrestle House, especially now with the world of wrestling being the wild, wild west, so unpredictable. Ooh. If anyone's going to show up in the random place, it's going to be at Wrestle House. So uh, that is it for this week, Impact Wrestling. And that is this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. We cannot thank you enough for supporting us. Uh, and being a part of this show. Do not forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at com on Twitter. You also have the YouTube page that has hours of content, including matches and interviews that you cannot find anywhere else while you're at it go ahead and follow us on social media dusty where can our listeners find you
2: i am on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy and i am on instagram at dusty murphy
1: and brendan where can our listeners find you
3: i am 321 t-shirt guy Uh, that's the number 321 and t-shirt guy is all spelled out i am on facebook I'm on Instagram and I'm all over the Twitter
1: and me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. Don't forget if you are listening to us (laughs) through your favorite podcast streaming platform, like iTunes, Google play, Spotify, go ahead and subscribe rate and review subscribe so that way you get a notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, things we should cover, things we shouldn't cover, things you want to know more about, things you want to know less about. Uh, please make sure to reach out to us also as well on social media. That goes for you if you are an independent wrestling promotion, luchador, uh fan, anything we love dog. to support dog
3: yeah panda uh well maybe not panda let's let's not woo.
1: go too crazy <laughs> uh make sure you reach out to us we love to support independent wrestling we dedicate really a good portion of this show to talk about independent wrestling we are all fans and advocates and part of independent wrestling in our own areas uh and it is just important that we continue to shine a spotlight to independent wrestling where we see the past, present, and future. Um, it is an integral part of pro wrestling, but especially Lucha Libre, um, as Lucha Libre promotions all over the United States um, should be getting the recognition that they deserve for showcasing amazing talent um, and bringing Lucha Libre to audiences all throughout the United States. Uh, with that, I'm just going to throw that plug in for Wrestling with Unicorns, Martin Carrillo, the interview is still available online, and you should check out Wrestling with Unicorns. Uh, that is one of his biggest missions with Wrestling with Unicorns is to promote uh, wrestling promotions all over by highlighting talent and matches and moments that make you feel like you are there. Um, and really also promote the wrestlers and give them the opportunity to flourish and work in places all over the U.S. and even the world. So a big thank you to Martin For speaking with us With the work that he does uh, With wrestling with unicorns And again just make sure To support your independent wrestling promotions Any way that you can uh, And we love to do that here on the Lucha Central uh, Weekly podcast So make sure you send that information to us We will be back with you soon So for Dusty Murphy And Brendan Barr I'm Miranda Morales Thank you all so much we'll be back with you soon.
4: Bernard